It's time for Barreled Up by Ball Cap Sports. Here's your, here's your, here's your host, Jim Wiley. Welcome back to the Barreled Up podcast, everybody. It is Monday, so that means it is time for Power Rankings 30 through 1. Going through the week that was and aligning every team all the way through till we get our number one team in Major League Baseball. Reminder, make sure to turn on those automatic downloads, everybody, and subscribe if you have not yet. We're growing this thing, and every subscriber, every automatic download helps a lot. So thank you for doing that. For this week's power rankings, going to change it just a little bit. I think the last couple of weeks we've done power rankings, we've been coming in right around the 45-minute mark. We've been saying a lot about each team. We're going to tweak it. As we go through and we try to find the perfect formula, we're going to change it up a little bit. So this is going to be a week where we're going to come in less than that 45-minute time frame. I want to move quickly through some teams. I may just give you the team and the ranking. And then at the more interesting spots, the teams that have a little bit more to talk about, have an interesting situation going on, we're going to stop there. So let's get this new power rankings underway. And you're going to feel the pace pick up right off the bat because there's not a lot to say about these teams here that we're about to go through. Number 30, the Oakland Athletics Four and three this week. Now 38 and 93 on the season. They've been the number 30 team for quite some time. And I don't know if that's really going to change. Though the number 29 team, the Kansas City Royals, may be trying to, I don't know, reverse catch the Oakland Athletics. Uh, Kansas City is in at number 29 after a one and five week, losing two out of three to the A's and then being swept by the red hot Seattle Mariners. Royals are now 41 and 91, just a couple games ahead of Oakland. Number 28, it's the Colorado Rockies. They fall back a spot. They're now 49 and 81 on the season, swept by Tampa and got one out of three in Baltimore over the weekend. Number 27, moving up a spot, the Chicago White Sox, 52 and 79, a three and four week. They got one of the three against Seattle, which at this point is an accomplishment. And then they split against the Oakland Athletics. So 52 and 79, a three and four week, certainly better by leaps and bounds than Colorado's one and five week this past week. So we've got Oakland 30, Kansas City 29, Colorado 28, White Sox 27. Number 26, staying at the number 26 spot, the St. Louis Cardinals. A 1-5 week. The White Sox, not enough to catch them. There was a significant gap between the number 26 and the number 26 spot, which is why, even though the White Sox had a better week than the Cardinals, they don't catch them. The Cardinals, 56-75. and 75. They dropped two out of three to Pittsburgh. They were swept by the Philadelphia Phillies. Not a good week for the St. Louis Cardinals. Edmund, Arenado, Contreras, Walker, nobody really hitting. Arenado, a little bit of a scare, if you will. Uh, tight back, left the game. Only missed Saturday. Was back in on Sunday. 
really, if you are going to a St. Louis Cardinals game, you're just looking to watch Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt. That's all that's really at stake at this point. Going and seeing your favorite players. You want Nolan Arenado out there. Pitching was bad this week as well. Zach Thompson was the only starter that went out there and gave you anything good. Drew Rom, Dak Hudson, Michaelis, Wainwright, all poor outings. So a bad week for the St. Louis Cardinals. In at number 25, it's the Pittsburgh Pirates. A three and four week. They will stay right at that number 25 spot. Mitch Keller was great on Friday, and that's the problem. It's 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 a good thing and it's a problem. Outside of Mitch Keller, there's not much that you can count on. Keller shut down the Chicago Cubs, and then after that, the Cubs ran wild on Pittsburgh pitching. Good stuff by Keller. A 318 ERA at home this year, and that only got better with eight innings and no runs allowed on Friday night. McCutcheon. Milestone watch sitting on 299 home runs. So his next home run will be number 300. Pirates in at 25. In at 24, it's the New York Mets holding at number 24. The New York Mets after a two and four week, they got one in Atlanta. They got one against the Angels. That Atlanta win was part of a a, a momentum uh, portion of the season where they had started to win some games last week against against poor teams. If memory serves me correct, they were, they were five and two last week, uh, or, or I guess two weeks ago now. And this week they sort of reality set back in. They got that first game against Atlanta, then lost the next two, and then against the Angels, they got the game on Sunday. All right, this this is this team, this Mets team. Cannot score runs right now. Kodai Senga goes out there, gives you a good start on Friday. You only give him one run. Saturday, Carrasco got roughed up early. Still, Angels did not score after the second inning. They still lost that game. And then on Sunday, Peterson gave you a good start. A pitcher's duel with Griffin Canning. And they edged out a win 3-2. to two. So this team... In a series against the Angels, which when Otani's not pitching, this Angels team does not have the best starters to throw at you. The Mets could not score more than three runs in any of the three games. Just can't, just can't win games like that. So Senga pitched well again. He's been solid this year, but again, no run support, so he took an L on Friday. Mets are in at 24. They're 60 and 71. In at 23, it's the Detroit Tigers after a two and four week. They're holding at that number 23 spot. In at 22, it's the San Diego Padres. A two and four week looked like, again, that momentum might have been building early in the week. Got two out of three from Miami, but then swept by the Brewers over the weekend. It's more of the same from the Padres against the Brewers. All together, all three games, one for 23 with runners in scoring position. And Cronenworth to the IL with a right wrist fracture. So San Diego is just going through the motions and they're moving back to the number 22 spot. Moving back to the number 21 spots, it's the New York Yankees after a two and four weekend. We all saw this coming. They're 62 and 68 now on the season. Washington, they dropped two out of three. In Tampa, they dropped two out of three. Nats have been playing good baseball. The Rays are always tough, especially down there in the trop. So the Yankees were doomed to start this week. 62 and 68, you now start to wonder if 
the Yankees are even going to get back to the 500 mark this season. Look at their schedule the rest of the way. It's unlikely that the New York Yankees will climb back above 500. This week coming up, they're in Detroit for four. And quite frankly, I think that's a, a split best case scenario. And then they're in Houston for the weekend. And that could be a sweep. It's not getting any better for the Yankees anytime soon. In at number 20, moving up a spot, really Moving up a spot because the Yankees and the Padres are are falling backwards. The Cleveland Guardians. Cleveland with a three and four week. They close the week strong, taking two out of three from Toronto, showing there's still some life in this Cleveland team. But 62 and 69 now on the season. But they get to move up one spot in the power rankings. In at number 19, moving up three spots. It's the Washington Nationals. A four and two week, taking two out of three in the Bronx and then taking two out of three down in Miami as well. So a good week by the Nets. Altogether in August, the Nationals are 16 and seven now, really building towards something for the future. You're seeing some good pitching. You're seeing some good hitting. These are guys that are going to take them to the next level. I think we, we saw last year, The Cubs finished strong. The Nats, if they can continue playing this kind of baseball in September, then you're going to probably see the Nats have a very interesting offseason. The GM, Mike Rizzo, can take a look and see the steps that they made through the season. And if they are able to go out there and add one or two Nice free agent pieces, and next year you'll see some more of those prospects come up. The Washington Nationals are going to be very interesting. So this is this feels like it's the start of the Washington Nationals turning things around. It's August, so unless you're really paying attention, that 16-7 and seven mark doesn't stand out to you. If we start the season in that fashion, then all of a sudden there's a wow factor to it, but it's buried in the middle of the year, the record is 61 and 70. So if you're not paying attention, you might be missing what Washington is doing. But something special is going on there. Let's move on. And also, we have to maybe bring up here that Steven Strasburg retiring. Terrible end to his career. He had always been a pitcher who had dealt with injuries. And this thoracic outlet syndrome was just something he could not come back from. It is a disappointing end to a promising career. I think we'd all been hoping he would make his way back, but that is just not going to be the case. Steven Strasburg is retiring. Let's move on. Number 18 in the power rankings, staying at the number 18 spot, it's the Angels. Angels went two and four this week, swept by the Reds early in the week, but then took two out of three in Queens. Now, The big news this week was the Otani UCL injury, and that is certainly going to have ramifications moving forward for the Angels. No shot to make the playoffs now if he's not pitching. He's going to continue hitting. He's going to wait for a second opinion, maybe a third opinion, maybe until the offseason to consider having surgery because, remember, he's a free agent, as if you needed a reminder about that. He may want to have that surgery with his new team. 
if it's not going to be the Angels. So Otani's going to continue hitting. He's going to continue making his push for a possible triple crown as he is in or around the lead in all of the three categories there that you need for the triple crown. So Otani, that was the big news this week. As he will continue on and how it how it impacts his free agency how it impacts the teams that are involved in his free agency is going to be interesting. We know that this was essentially the death nail in the coffin for the Angels in their 2023 season because without him pitching, that rotation is not solid enough. There's no way they're going to catch any of the teams that are ahead of them. So the Angels get the bad news because that could that could not only be the death nail of the season, but the death nail in any chances of Otani returning to the Angels after this season. Moving on, next to number 17, it's the Cincinnati Reds. The week started great. We talked about it a minute ago. They swept the Angels, but then in Arizona, they hit a speed bump. They only got three out of four, and the one they did win was a crazy game on Saturday in which maybe they shouldn't have won, but Arizona couldn't put away. Took to the 11th inning to finally get the job done. Not a great way to finish off the week for this Reds team. Hunter Green on Friday, his second start back, blown up again. He's a guy you need to bounce back. Here's what I worry about with the Reds. It was fun in the summer. The kids coming up. McLean was playing great. Ellie's playing great. You're you're counting on Christian Encarnacion Strand. You're counting on Andrew Abbott. All of these young players, and I just don't think you can count on rookies to ultimately take you to the finish line, get you into the postseason. They're not out of it. We cannot rule them out altogether, but Hunter Green getting roughed up. Andrew Abbott has been going through a tough spot. Ellie De La Cruz had a terrible week this last week. Four for 29, struck out a ton. Christian Encarnacion Strand, another tough week. Matt McClain, three home runs this week, but 11 strikeouts, only seven for 30. Votto's not in there. India's not in there. The Reds may just kind of go through the rest of this. I, they could still finish above 500, but I think we're probably going to see them hover around these four and three, three and four, three and three type weeks. They got the Giants and they got the Cubs coming up this week. So it's not an easy schedule here for the last week of August, heading into the first week of September. Uh, let's get to number 16. It is the San Francisco Giants, a two and four week. They hold at the number 16 spot. This was, this was a tough schedule week for the Giants. They were sort of stumbling coming into the week as it was. Then they go and get one out of three against the Phillies, one out of three against the Giants. But again, considering how hot the Phillies are and how good the Braves are, I, Giants fans, I know you want more than a two and four week, but you almost just need to be thankful for a two and four week and not a oh and six week again with how good the Phillies have been playing and how good the Braves have been all season opportunity for the Giants because you've got the Reds team we just talked about stumbling out of that Arizona series and a Padres team that just can't get out of their own way so the Giants have a very big week this week they're in at number 16. In at number 15 the Miami Marlins and you could justify a drop but where? I can't 
after the Giants two and four week, we can't really move the Giants ahead of them after a four and three week by the Reds. We can't really jump the Reds two spots. So the Marlins get to hold at the number 15 spots almost by default, I guess. Two and four week again. They dropped two out of three in San Diego. They dropped two out of three to the Washington Nationals. They're just not hitting enough. This Miami team scored their fewest runs over the last week with 13 of them. You got good starts from Lazardi. You got good starts from Perez. On Saturday, Yuri Perez goes out there. Six innings, three hits, no earned run. There was one run that came in, but it was unearned. Seven strikeouts. Didn't matter. You had the blown save by David Robertson. He is out of that closer role, by the way. A 7-2-0 ERA over his 10 games with the Marlins. So Miami now 66 and 65 clinging on to life, hoping that they can get things right. It's not a good week. Tampa to start the week and in Washington to close the week. Miami is in trouble. Next up at the number 14 spot, it's the Boston Red Sox. They are moving back one spot after a three and four week They split in Houston. They dropped two out of three to the Dodgers. This week, they have Houston again, and then a weekend set against Kansas City. So maybe some chance, a chance to build some momentum there. This was all about, this weekend was all about the Mookie Betts return to Boston. Mookie was great in this series, productive as can be, and led the Dodgers to the series victory. Verdugo hitting the leadoff home runs on Friday and Saturday. So doing his best to justify the trade as best he can. But those Dodger bats were just too much. This Red Sox team is still in the thick of it for the final wildcard spot. I don't know if they've got the juice to get there, though. Will they finish above 500? I'm confident in that. But with what's going on out west... The Blue Jays and the Red Sox may be two teams that finish above 500, maybe a steady 8, 9, 10 games above 500, but might not be enough to compete with what's going on with the Rangers, the Astros, and the Mariners. Three teams we haven't even talked about yet. So the Red Sox fall back one spot to number 14. In at number 13, the Arizona Diamondbacks move up one, only one, after a 5 and one week. Took both from Texas, took three out of four from Cincinnati. We can only move up one spot. Yeah, that's the situation this week is. Now we're getting into a into a, into a spot where we've got some teams that played really well. They move up one spot from 14 to 13. Brandon Fott finally got his first win on Friday. And we got a glimpse of what a Diamondbacks team could look like when they have good starting pitching. because. Gallon and Kelly did their thing, fought, pitched well again, and Davies returned from the IL and pitched well also. So this was our, again, our introduction to, hey, if the Diamondbacks had good pitching, what could they do? And this was what they could do. I do not trust Davies to go out there again and pitch well next time. Fought is up and down. If they're not named Kelly or Gallon. There's a question mark when they take the mound, but this week, things worked out, and they put together a nice week. Tough week ahead for the Diamondbacks. They go to LA, and then they've got the Orioles over the weekend, so the Diamondbacks have a test coming up. Number 12, holding at number 12, it's the Minnesota Twins. They were 
swept by Milwaukee, swept. Uh, it was a two-game set. They lost the two games in Milwaukee, but then they bounced back and took three out of four from the Rangers. So altogether, a three-and-three three week. We got some good starts from Ryan as he returned from the IL. Sonny Gray looked good on Friday. Dallas Keuchel on Sunday. Five scoreless innings in relief after replacing Ober in the fourth. That game ended up going 13 innings. Texas just could not win it. Minnesota finally got the job done, taking, again, three out of four from the Rangers. So the Twins are looking good, looking good for that central crown as they are 68 and 63 now. They're in at number 12. Number 11, falling out. Out of the top 10, it's the Toronto Blue Jays after a two and four week. They're now 71 and 60. They lost two out of three in Baltimore. They just can't beat the Orioles. And then they lost two out of three against Cleveland. Those two games, those two losses against Baltimore, you you expect that. If, If you have a three game set in Baltimore and you're the Blue Jays, you get one of those games, you should be happy about that. The Cleveland series is the disappointing element here. Cleveland below 500. We know Cleveland's bats are soft, but they didn't play soft against the Blue Jays. Now the Jays find themselves falling further back in that wild card chase and a ton of injuries over the weekend. Eric Swanson left Saturday's game early, was placed on the IL. Chapman had right middle finger inflammation. Bo left early with right quad tightness. The Blue Jays are in trouble right now. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has not been the Vladdy that they needed him to be. A solid week this week. Nine for 27, two home runs, but I would even argue that Vladdy left you wanting more more this week. Opportunities for him to come up big, not able to do so. So the Blue Jays find themselves in trouble after a two and four week. They cannot. They even said it is time to get up and go. But dropping two out of three against Cleveland is going backwards. And they got to start moving forward. They got the Nats and Colorado in Colorado this week. Next up, moving into the top 10 at the number 10 spot, the Chicago Cubs, they will hold at 10, 69 and 61 on the season. They got two out of three from the Tigers. They took three out of four in Pittsburgh. So a five and two week, solid week on the road. That was in Detroit. That was in Pittsburgh. Jordan Wicks made his major league debut on Saturday, got the win. We saw some good pitching from the Cubs this week. Assad. Hendricks, Steele, Wicks with his debut, all pitched well. We also had a great week from Seiya Suzuki. Cody Bellinger driving in a ton of runs. Cody Bellinger continuing his season. Good stuff from the Cubs this week. They don't move up in the power rankings, but another good week this week would certainly boost them a spot or two next week. There's just the teams ahead of them. All moving up. The teams ahead of them, the Phillies, the Brewers, the Astros, can't jump those teams just yet with the Chicago Cubs, for the Chicago Cubs. In at number nine, the biggest drop of the week, it's the Texas Rangers. They go from the number five spot to the number nine spot. They put together a one in five week. 
They have lost nine out of their last 10. They had the eight-game losing streak. They snapped it on Saturday. Max Scherzer went out there, gave you a great performance, but right back at it on Sunday. Many opportunities to win that final game against the Twins and at least salvage a series split. They could not do it. Minnesota got the win. So the Rangers are in a tough spot right now. They have seen that lead in the American League West disappear. The Mariners are ahead of them now. So the Rangers have to do some soul searching and get it together. They go to the Mets to start the week. So there's an opportunity there, but you would have thought there were opportunities along the way. Then they've got the Twins again next weekend, but at least that will be in Texas. So the Rangers have to get it together because if they keep losing games, they will find themselves outside of the wild card. So they got to get things going. Let's move on. Let's talk about a team playing some great baseball. That's the Philadelphia Phillies. They go from the number 11 spot to the number eight spot a five-in-one week. They took two out of three from San Francisco. Then they swept the St. Louis Cardinals. Good stuff from the Philadelphia Phillies, especially when you consider the way this Philly season has gone, where they will go out and beat the Giants two out of three, feel like there's some momentum going, but then they'll let you down against the Cardinals. That didn't happen. That feels like maybe a switch has been turned. Maybe momentum has shifted. Maybe karma is in their favor. Whatever you, However you want to look at it, if you're a Phillies fan, to see the team come back after that San Francisco series and not have a letdown. In fact, show more momentum, show more of a push by sweeping St. Louis is a great sign. Christopher Sanchez pitching well. Nola with back-to-back good starts. You had good stuff from Wheeler this last week. Taiwan Walker was steady. So you have some really good pitching, really good stuff. And you're seeing some great hitting. Bryce Harper is one of the hottest hitters in baseball right now. He's been great in August. Schwarber in the leadoff spot has been doing some great things. Turner has been contributing. Stott's been good. You've got Castellanos crushing the ball. So up and down, this lineup is doing damage. And the pitching is about as solid as it has been all year. So the Philadelphia Phillies are in a good spot. They move up three spots in our power rankings. Moving up one from the number eight spot to the number seven spots, the Houston Astros. Astros went four and three this week. They split with Boston, and then they took two out of three in Detroit. And in Detroit, the pitching was solid. Framber, seven no-hit innings, was pulled early. Presley imploded in the ninth, and the Tigers got that game. But then on Saturday and Sunday, Saturday, Hunter Brown shut them down. Sunday, Verlander did the same, and the bats absolutely exploded. So this Astros team looks solid heading into a week in Boston, and then against the New York Yankees with Verlander, back-to-back scoreless outings, Valdez, Brown, all looking good. This Astros team, now you could argue that a four and three week, maybe they should stay at the number eight spot. The Astros benefit from the Rangers collapse. They just, Astros sort of stood in one spot, saw the Rangers falling, stepped to the side, let them fall back and took their place in line. Astros move up one spot thanks in part to the Rangers. Next up, the Milwaukee Brewers, and I wish 
I wish I could move them higher. They are in at the number six spot. They are playing like a top five team right now, though. Don't have any question about that. 73 and 57 now on an eight-game winning streak. They took two from the Twins. They took all three from the San Diego Padres. They have a huge series to start the week against the Cubs in Chicago. This week coming up, there are really two marquee matchups. You've got this one between the Brewers and the Cubs to start the week, and then at the end of the week, you'll have Braves and Dodgers. But to have the Brewers and Cubs right now is going to be a fantastic matchup. The pitching has been solid. Woodruff has been good. Peralta in August is now 5-0 with a 2-10 ERA. So you've got a good situation brewing with that pitching staff, and that's what you need. That's what this team is going to ride on because you'll get Roddy Telez returns, hits a home run. Willie Thomas has a little hot streak. William Contreras is going to hit a moonshot. But for the most part, this team is built or is built to make the run on pitching. And it feels like that is lining up at the right time. But a huge week for the Brewers. Not only the Cubs to start the week, but the Phillies for the weekend. Brewers at 73 and 57 are in at number six. In at number five, it's the Mariners. They move up from six to five. I, I, I wish I could move them up more, but they move up one. They got two from the White Sox in Chicago, and then they swept the Kansas City Royals. They've got Oakland and the Mets as the schedule just couldn't be easier for the Mariners. White Sox and Royals last week, A's and Mets this week. It is coming up roses for the Mariners as far as the schedule is concerned. In first place, after a sweep of the Kansas City Royals and thanks in part to this Rangers collapse that we have witnessed, the Mariners are playing hot, looking great. Castillo, Gilbert out there. You got four solid innings from Brian Wu, his first start back since the beginning of August. So you've got some good things going there, and I think you feel confident about Miller bouncing back next time out. So this Mariners team is looking good, playing about as good as can be. Rojas, Teoscar Hernandez, Cal Raleigh, Julio, they're all hitting right now. This Mariners team is maybe the most dangerous team in baseball right now. Here's the only worry. Are they too hot too soon? You would love for them to head into the postseason with this kind of heat. Can they carry this for another month? They needed to do this to get back into it and make the run for the pennant. There, there they are right now at the top of the division. They got to hold it. And again, can they keep that momentum? Will be something to watch in September. Moving on, number four, holding at number four, it's the Tampa Bay Rays, 80 and 52. They took three from Colorado, all three from Colorado, and two out of three from the New York Yankees. The Rays continue doing their thing. Eflin pitched well. Glass now pitched well. Then on Sunday, the bats broke out with Brandon Lau and Randy Rosarena. The question is, can this team make a deep playoff run with Eflin, Glasnow, and Savali in bullpen days? That we will see. Next up, number three, it's the Baltimore Orioles. 81-49 and 49 on the season, a 4-2 and two week. Took two out of three from the Blue Jays. Took two out of three from the Rockies. Needed come-from-behind performances on Friday and Saturday. So kind of a weak showing against the Colorado Rockies. You would expect Baltimore, especially in Baltimore, to maybe handle that Colorado team a little bit more firmly. But taking two out of three is still taking two out of three. Braddish looked good on Saturday 
The bad news is that Batista left Friday night's game with arm discomfort and revealed that he had a UCL injury and he's done for the year. The good news is they can slide Cano into that closer spot. But the problem is this Baltimore team, then everybody has to shift when we're thinking about high leverage situations. Somebody has to shift into a high leverage situation that was not a high leverage guy. And this Orioles team at the trade deadline, is Fujinami that guy? This Orioles team, I still believe, did not do enough at the trade deadline for their pitching, for the starting pitching, and for the bullpen. Fujinami was the only bullpen addition, and you had Flaherty, the only rotation addition. And Flaherty's been up and down, most mostly not pitching well for the Baltimore Orioles. So this team, now the bullpen is going to be tested with Bautista Dunn, Cano in that ninth inning role, and everybody else having to slide up a spot in that bullpen. Orioles, though, a good week. They hold at number three. In at number two, holding at number two, it's the Dodgers. After a five and two week, getting three out of four in Cleveland and then two out of three in Boston. We had the bets back in Boston. Any worry of that being a distraction? Not so much. Dodgers taking two out of three. Betts was great in this game. We had Freeman on Sunday with his 50th double. First Dodger ever to reach 50 doubles. Has a chance to get to 60 doubles. Mookie Betts was on fire already. You can see the Freeman and Betts MVP conversation. You can't forget about Ronald Acuna. But those two have been fantastic. I would give, just my opinion, on the Freeman and Betts, I would give the edge to Mookie Betts if I'm placing an MVP vote. My MVP is still Acuna. But if I had to place a vote between Betts and Freeman, I would slide lean Mookie uh, that direction. You did have Lance Lynn with his fourth win for the Dodgers. He's now 4-0. Wasn't great against Boston on Friday, but still Got the win. Julio Arias struggled on Saturday. That is not good. He was undone in the sixth inning. You wonder if Dave Roberts left him in too long. But you're looking for Arias to be a steady arm. He's been putting together recently some quality starts after some struggles. You don't like to see that. All eyes on Arias next time he goes out there. And at number one, it's the Atlanta Braves. 84 and 44, a four and two week. They got two out of three from the Mets, two out of three from the Giants. Max Fried pitched well. So did Morton and Elder and Strider. Those four, you go into a playoff series and you have those four lined up. That's trouble. They all pitched well this week. And if they're pitching well come October, good luck. Also had some good performances this week from Marcelo Zuna. Another good week of Zuna. Acuna played well. Matt Olson, no home runs this week, but still 7 for 21 with three doubles, four runs driven in, and four runs scored. So the Braves just keep chugging along, keep doing what they do as the best team in baseball and in at number one on our power rankings. That is the power rankings for August 28th. Again, recapping the week that was and lining everybody up 30 through one. Thank you guys for listening. 
If you haven't yet, again, I have to encourage you to subscribe to the podcast and turn the automatic downloads on so you get the content as soon as it is posted. I have two guests lined up for this week that I have never collaborated with on any project ever before. We're going to be talking Orioles. We're going to be talking Dodgers. Those are the hints that I will give you. I don't want to say anything because you never know. Somebody may need to reschedule or things may get moved around. But there is some good stuff coming up this week that I am excited for you to be able to listen to. So make sure to subscribe. And again, turn those automatic downloads on so you've got it as soon as it is available. Again, thank you for listening. Thank you for coming in. Power rankings for August 28th is a wrap. Thank you, guys. I'll catch you next time.